And g'day, Milsey. How are you, mate? G'day, Mick. Doing not so bad. We're up to podcast number 20. Uh, it's going flying by, but um, we haven't got any special guests except us. Well, yeah, that's that's a special terminology, special guest. Uh, it still <laughs> feels like we've, we've got a little bit to offer ourselves, mate. <laughs> we just want our own badge mugs, don't we? <laughs> yeah, true, yeah. yeah. All right. What can what can we talk about today? We just want to do a bit of an express session, mate. Yeah, uh, uh, probably a quicker podcast. Kind of just a little breaking housekeeping. Um, I guess some of the stuff that you and I are seeing across our desks from uh, brokers, insurers, and clients. Um, so we may as well just walk into it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, um, you, you've been um, quite rightly banging on about um, probably using SCTP as much as we can. Um, can, can you just expand on that a little bit, mate? Yeah, look, I mean, obviously I'm getting phone calls every day um, trying to find markets, trying to find help from insurers or agencies, whatever it might be. I just want to say to everyone, please, doesn't matter what the occupation is, um, please just run it through SCTP Biz Pack. Uh, there's nine insurers on there, soon to be 10. Blues Ever will be coming on board soon. Uh, please just run it through just to see what they say. You just never know. Um, it's there's certainly been a lot of surprises where some insurers might favour a particular occupation. It might be nine that don't, but it might be one that do favour it. So you just have to run it past SCTP biz pack. And if it's a liability, more so exposure, it, it's really important probably to run it through the liability product, which has got Berkeley, Miramar, Chubb, uh, Berkeley, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Berkeley is auto rated. Uh, we've had a lot of success of Berkeley and Miramar and Chubb, and I've been actually quite surprised that some of the occupations have been running through there. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, it, it still comes back to that whole offering more advice to the client, which has been at the forefront of the Royal Commission, and, and a lot of brokers are really good at it as well. But for the, I guess, aside from that more advice to the client, it, I still think SCTP is probably the best um, quasi fact finder going around. Yeah, for sure. Because they, they ask so many questions. Yeah, look, that's right. Um, I think um, SCTP BizPack is actually going to reduce questions in some areas, but uh, just to make it a little bit easier, just unnecessary sort of question set. Um, but it, it's, it really is important just to run it through, just to see what they say. Um, and and if, if it, it's a referral, a premium is sort of reasonable um, with expiring, uh, take the next step, give them a call. I've heard from insurers, if you go through the referral process, please just put your name and uh, contact phone number, probably mobile number, so the insurers can actually just get in touch with you straight away. So it's not necessarily going back and forwards on SCTP. Um, QBE especially, one of our key partners especially said that. So please just leave your name and mobile phone number on that referral so they can quickly contact you, maybe get some additional questions and answers from you straight away and then you can sort of move on a quicker process. I look, I really think that referral process on SCTP, whether it be the liability product or BizPack, it needs to be sorted out within one to two days. You shouldn't be going back and forwards over a week, um, which I've seen some examples um, this year. So it's important just to sort of hopefully, yeah, no more than 24, 48 hours. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, mate. Um, yeah. It's, it is easy to um, shoot something off via email or sort of email via referral in SCTP. 
Um, it gets it off your desk, but it hasn't cleared it out entirely. Um, yeah, look, that's right, mate. And just on SCTP note to uh, the PI product is got Berkeley and Pro Cover as auto rate as well. Um, there's a few other players on the professional indemnity. I know there's been complaints over the years with lack of um, contact and replying to referrals. So give them a go. There's auto rate. I think premiums for Pro Cover start as little as $250. So it's and it's the same with the liability product of Berkeley's premiums are at three hundred dollars. So it's really good idea to run it through. And like you said, Mick, um, it's you sort of got your advice done uh, straight away. You've already done a percentage of your job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, the, the next little uh, housekeeping um, item for me is um, surveys. Um, so whether they come from the broker or, or an independent surveyor, I think it's probably something that we need to, we should flesh out a little bit now and try and get that um, at the, probably the forefront of the broker's minds when it's asked. So yep. um, the reason I bring it up, bring it up is uh, we're seeing come across my desk at least where if a survey has been requested, um, there seems to be pushback from the brokers, uh, not, not from every broker, but um, so, I kind of think that if, if you don't want to do the, the survey, completely understandable, I get it. You're just going to have to find another insurer who's willing to accept it. Um, we probably just need to figure out that if, if we want to go back and ask the insurer, well, why are, you, why are you asking for this survey and can we not do it? We're pushing it uphill. Um, every insurer or underwriter is really needing to protect their capacity more than they ever have before. So, if yeah, it comes down to the broker's choice. If a survey comes across the broker's desk, um, I think it, it's got to be pretty clear the broker does it yeah. or doesn't do it, but finds the insurer who's willing to accept it without a survey. Yeah, for sure, mate. And as you touched on, if it's by the broker, that that survey has to be really specific. If that's going to be the SCTP question set or something like a hazardous survey form completed by the by the broker by the client. But with photos as well, it has to be really clear. It has to be very presentable um, and it has to have up to date information, fire protection, burglary protection. I'm certainly seeing kickbacks from insurers with fire protection in particular. Uh, you really need a confirmation of like electricals uh, done for the whole building, uh, like um, a thermo scanning. I'm, that that term is used a lot more. I've never seen it used so much in the last 12 months. Thermo scanning can be done annually by a client. Um, it really is a small price to pay. Most insurers are asking for it, and it's certainly coming up in risk recommendations all the time from um, insurers and also from independent surveys. They seem to focus on that as well. So thermo scanning is probably a conversation to have with your client, and then if they get an electrical contractor to do, do that process, um, I'm not so sure how much it costs, but I, I think it's probably a small price to pay in the overall scheme of things for risk management. Yeah, well, speaking of risk management, even if brokers are, um, are not doing the independent surveys, and I, I'm, I'm with you for that, I think the more we get of that, um, the better everyone is off. Um, but for the, for the brokers doing it, there's no point probably taking a picture of half the building um, or, you know, if one half of the building is looking great, but the other side has wooden pallets stacked up that's covering a fire extinguisher, you say, um, you know, that's, it's a real risk. And we should, instead of kind of hiding from it and just, you know, taking the photo in the best possible angle, 
um, you know, we should actually be speaking to the client to say, hey, the insurer is going to see this. Um, we can get it over the line if you agree to, you know, um, remove the pallets, say something, something basic, but use it as a chance to, you know, advise the client on some sort of risk management versus just taking orders. Yeah, for sure, mate. Like in insurers these days, it doesn't matter if it's a junior underwriter or a senior underwriter, they can actually see satellite uh, Google images of the top view of the building uh, plus the frontal view as well. So they can get a quite a basic understanding of the risk straight away. And it, it, I've seen numerous examples in the last 12 months where the AR has actually rung the, the underwriter and the underwriter's seen it, but the AR has never seen those basic photos that you yeah. can get online so yeah we need to probably um, be a bit bit better at actually getting some information whether from the client or visiting the premises itself um, updating surveys with all that sort of uh, relevant information to an insurer's underwriting uh, photos are great um, it, it might only need four or five photos up front initially you don't have to go to town on it um, and then if it, depending on the sum insured and the occupation that independent survey needs to be discussed with client. I know it's not always the easiest conversation, but we've certainly got a lot of providers, a lot of um, surveying companies that are doing heaps of surveys for our ARs at the moment. So you can actually have a chat to them and you can possibly do a deal, like say for argument's sake, you did five to 10 surveys per year, you might be able to get a bit of a discounted rate as well. And especially if you had surveys in one particular region or area at the same time, for any upcoming renewals that might work in yours and a client's favour as well with a bit of a, a discount as well because there's only the one set of travel time and accommodation for the surveyor. So I, it's really important at the moment, even on BizPack, um, I'm certainly seeing the conversation from insurers that in that some insured range from one mil upwards to say 10 mil, a lot more are requiring surveys now from independent surveys, I, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's just it's it's harder on the broker. You got to spend more, spend more time with the client to educate them about why, um, and and the cost as well. So that's that's also who who bears that. I don't think, don't think there's any single. Some mute, mate. Yep. So I had a cat whining in the background. I've got <laughs> um, my, my cat's in the background now, killing a lizard. <laughs> I know this is recorded, but I'm just looking at him because yeah, I feel for the lizard right now. But yeah, look, no, you're right, mate. It, it's it. I appreciate it's a challenging conversation, but it's one that has to happen, and and it's getting talked about a lot more. Uh, surveying companies, if they've got a bit of advance notice, they can get there relatively quickly. Uh, they might only spend a few hours, half a day. It, de it certainly depends on the occupation, some insured and location. Um, we've got some really good, great people of different surveying companies who will more than willing to talk to you about the year up ahead with upcoming renewals as well, or any potential new business that you might have, and they can actually um, help you out with that. And I've seen some of the reports, they're fantastic, and the money spent, and I should say invested, in the cost of a survey will, will pay for itself in the next couple of years, without a doubt. It'll just help with the remarketing, that existing renewal, um, any new business that comes along, it's um, it's really a small price to pay when you think about it, and it just helps the client. It just helps protects you as a broker, uh, protects protects offshore, and it's just it's something great to have on file for the next few years. Yeah, good point, mate. Um, 
FYI, uh, Fordham is or has was working with a company to help brokers do um, remote surveys with the client. So we're, we're talking probably not at the 10 million sum insured level, but at the um, the, the the smaller SME client where you, you, you either can't get out there for whatever reason. Um, there's really good programs now or apps that the owner of the business can walk around being directed by the broker or even the underwriter directly. We've done that. Um, and say, you know, pan up, pan down, tilt left, whatever you want to do, uh, it stores it. it it's, it's definitely not an independent survey, just to be clear. But time-wise, it's taking advantage of technology to get a lot of detail on of the client, um, you know, not, not more than five, 10 minutes max, probably less than 10 minutes. Um, and that's an electronic survey. So Fordham has been trialling that, and we've got a few more things that we need to get, get right first. But... I think being able to offer more ways of getting the client story out there um, so it sits safely on the insurer's side and there's no worries about claims at the end of the day, uh, that's where we need to be. Yeah, I mean, what a fantastic start to do something like that. I mean, that's just great to see where it goes to the next step as well. Uh, but look, I should a bit of a shout out to our good friends at Mitty Insurance, um, Dan Cummins and Jonathan Lee. Like, they've actually got a team there where it can do the independent uh, surveys as well uh, for a small fee and that is similar to what you just mentioned about Fordham Mick, uh, Mitty can actually do that as well and it doesn't have to be a risk that's quoted with Mitty necessarily as well they can actually do um, those short um, using the app uh, smartphone with the client with the AR and we've sat through one of those and I think it that survey went for about uh, 25 25 odd minutes from memory but really quick uh, great way to do it. And they do a uh, sort of basic report after the um, uh, the client goes around their own building. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, hats off to Mitty for getting ahead of the game for that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess another um, quick housekeeping one is um, just the, the general um, philosophy of training. Um, and again, treating it probably as a constant thing, not not get towards the end of the year, which is why I'm sure we'll kind of release the training plans um, to stay in line with where our license requirements are. Um, and and I guess for me, taking a step further is not just meeting that, but having a training plan that suits uh, either you know you as particular broker or the por portfolio that you look after. And even diving in more, it could be the products that you don't have in your portfolio that you need more training, regular training. Um, so, Mick, are you saying additional to the goal seal email that went out from from our training? Yeah, well, even before then, AIB were doing training plans where we'd want brokers um, putting a one-liner in their business plan each year to say these are the, the classes of business that I need um, uh, training or, or, or work on. Um, and it could be anything from... Yeah, you could have a senior broker who needs to refer refresh a course on Insurance Contracts Act yep. or, or just understanding retail. Or it could be someone who's had 10, 15 years in the industry, but has probably sold 20 to 30 ML policies in their life, management liability policies. Yep. So you and I have done the numbers a long time, a few years ago, where the management liability policy per business client was 0. 0.00 something. Yeah, that's right. I think we're under... Uh, four, under four percent overall 
from SME clients, got ML policies. It's pretty low, isn't it? Well, no, it was actually, it was less than one. It was oh, right. um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that to me is a training and also a new business opportunity, but you, I, yeah, I personally think you have to have some sort of comfort in speaking about those, say, those Finlines products, ML, Cyber, PI, even ENO. Um, if you can't explain it to someone in 20, 20 seconds, then you know, it's really hard for that client to wrap their head around everything else that's going on versus understanding an additional product that they don't have already. Yeah, for sure. And Mickey, you mentioned with that, that goal seller e email that went out from Allison, um, everyone should have got logins for it. Those courses seem pretty interesting, some of the ones that popped up, and you've done a few of those yourself, haven't you? Well, yeah, in, like, in, interesting to a nerd like me. But um, yeah, no, I thought it was very um, straightforward. It wasn't full of those questions where it's double negative and you're not quite sure what the question means. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's definitely more than um, you know running it via gold seal. It's picking up the phone up to um, you know one or two or three underwriters insurers that you like, and asking for um, you know some training or content on whatever product it could be. Um, we're speaking with key partners as well to roll out more more training. Um, but it's just, a, I guess, just talking about a general philosophy of making sure that, say, one or two hours a month, your phone's off the hook, you're blocking out time in your calendar, and you're getting that training done. And probably just as importantly, before then, once a year, you sit down, have a look at your portfolio um, and a quick look at your career and say, okay, so what? What products or training it doesn't have to be product training, it could be claims training. But what training am I going to commit to this year? And then, you know, smash it out every month, every second month, whatever suits you. Yeah. Oh, for sure, mate. Look, I, I actually, the, the, a lot of the emails that come from, say, the likes of Jewel, ProRisk, um, over the years, and even our key partners, QB, CGU, NTI, they had some really great ones as well. Even the refresher basic ones, I always do them every year. Just even some of those webinars might only go for half an hour or an hour. Uh, but it, and I don't don't even think about the points. I actually I know everyone has to think about the points and get the twenty five up. But I actually think about just a refresher training for me. And like the dual ones, is, is especially, um, I always love the refresher management liability cybers. Um, I think there's a a basic ML one on tomorrow actually at two p.m. So if you've got the emails, guys, make sure you tune in for that one. It's a really good one. Claims, stats, and um, examples and trends at the moment, and just basic about the section, sections of an ML policy. Um, Hollard have got some really good ones, new ones as well. Uh, with that, uh, like you mentioned before, introduction to Insurance Contracts Act. So I think that for all range of staff, it'd be really relevant, um, really good just to get a grasp on that as well. Because I think we certainly need to go a bit back to basics with some things rather than so everything's so fast paced at the moment. But I feel I get something every time I do those basic refresher ones each year. Mate, 100%. And I, I'm a big believer once once you've you've done that webinar, then it would be great if everyone could swivel on their chair and say for five, 10 minutes max, you know, do some role playing with your upcoming clients renewals and say, okay, so I understand ML a bit better now. Now I've got a barber, a butcher, a baker coming up this week and walk over to your mate and say, okay, I'm going to try and explain ML to, to you based on that occupation. Yeah. And, and really take, take the, 
the training and turn it into how you make it easier to have a discussion with your client. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I should say on training, Mick, um, if you don't mind, um, one thing I'd noticed, I actually registered for Berkeley's Bindit platform, and I actually must have missed this me, me my last couple of years, but I didn't realise how quick you could do a management liability quote, literally under 30 seconds. So all you needed was the ABN business activity, turnover and employees, and that was it. And then you could actually do a range from, say, you know, uh, limits of 1 million, 2 million, um, and it gave you the indication. So I think at the moment we're in a stage now with the likes of management liability and cyber where we don't have much take up, but as brokers and our risk management and our training, we actually have to show a quote indication to a client, go through each of the sections and explain how that relates to their particular occupation, not just say, not tick box, do your management liability. You have to go further than that. And those indications, if you can get indications in under 30 seconds, that has to be provided to a client. Yeah, mate, ML is definitely my passion project. I'm I'm 100% down with with that. I, I personally see them as advice, not quotes. Um, and if a client takes it up, then it's policy. But yep. you can give an indicative, which the client obviously needs to know the cost. But as soon as you're speaking to the client, you're giving them advice, and that's where we hold our own against any anyone else um, and it makes it again makes it so much easier if you're um, speaking to a new client and they've only got a biz pack policy for me it's always been the easiest thing to say okay so where's your cover for workplace health and safety and you're not even talking about insurance jargon you're just saying you know identifying other risks that it looks like the client hasn't hasn't got covered so whichever sorry I'll go ahead mate sorry no no I was just whichever pathway that you take to make it easier for you and more comfortable for you to talk about more advice to the client is my kind of end goal. Yep, too right, mate. And I think our management liability also, you're probably alluding to this as well, that the sections of a management liability policy with the health and safety, statutory fines and penalties, they certainly help a broker do a bit more as a risk manager, a risk management expert uh, risk and risk advisors, I guess. So um, yeah, guys, there's plenty of platforms out there that are pro-risk, Jewel, uh, uh, Berkeley, and also the Sunrise platforms as well that can help you with management liability and indications very quickly. You have to actually put that in front of clients and then you can at least document if they can't go ahead with it for whatever reason. Um, at least you've had that discussion and put it in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. So um, I, I guess, yeah, just general housekeeping we had was you know, use SCTP more. It's a really, it's a positive tool. It's a great tool. Um, surveys are here to stay. Um, and especially, yeah, what we call a hard market. Um, if you don't want to do the survey, don't place it with that insurer because you'll just be wasting your time pushing back saying, can we not do it? Yeah. So surveys are here, but probably better quality surveys, I guess, overall. Yeah. And um, yeah, just, I guess, a, a commitment to to a, a training plan that helps you give more advice to the client. Sure. And th that training plan is just going to help everyone. doesn't matter if it's a principal or a junior, help them throughout the year, dealing with clients, all the problems and challenges we're facing at the moment, uh, just to make your progress a bit easier and um, conversations with clients a bit more easier as well. Said. And I should say on the surveys also, Mick, um, 
it's almost gone of the days that insurers will do surveys. They might do it during the year after they're on risk or existing renewal, but for new business, it's very, very rare for an insurer to do a survey before quoting. Yeah, yeah, agreed. That's that's probably a big um, mind change that we're not, not used to yet. And sorry, just on the housekeeping again with SCTP, um, everyone out there, please, we can do those referrals to the insurers. Sell a dream, sell a story in that referral email. Just it doesn't have to be war and peace, but two or three paragraphs might even do it. But sell a story: how long you held the risk for, uh, accurate claims, sort of history that you you know of straight away, a bit about the client and their business activities, uh, a bit about the history of the owners, maybe. But just try and sell a dream and a story in that referral, because uh, the underwriter getting that they need to see that in 10, 20 seconds. Go, oh yeah. That's not a bad risk. I'll go. I'll take the next step. Look at the information on SCTP and go through the referral process. Try and sell that dream, sell that story. Put your name and mobile number so they can contact you quickly, um, and and it will just make that process a little bit easier um, because that sort of transactional online it's hard, and we we're certainly finding insurers it's very easy to say no. Working from home, whether it be on the phone or on SCTP platform, it is easy to say no if there's no information there. So please sell the best story you can back to the insurer. Beautiful. Thank you, everyone. That's um, that's our little housekeeping update, and we'll have um, a few more guest stars coming soon. Thanks, everyone. All the best.